You don't, you don't need to tell the story, do you? Yeah, you can. <clears throat> well, I was in, um, uh, in Papua New Guinea for a year uh, while CUSO was actually negotiating uh, an agreement to work there. So I didn't work with CUSO in Papua New Guinea, but I spent a year doing something that was taken over by a succession of CUSO volunteers. It was interesting. It was during the uh, colonial uh, occupation of, of uh, Papua New Guinea by the Australians, <clears throat> complicated political uh, uh, background to that. But uh, it was an interesting experience. I, a few days, a few years ago, I, a few years later, I went back during independence to, uh, to uh, uh, after independence to, uh, to to reconnect with uh, some friends there and see what difference it was. There were virtually no people of, of, <clears throat> in positions of authority uh, from, in, from the population. It was all Australians running, running things. And one of the, my job at the point was I was working in the research section of the education department to develop a social science uh, kind of a curriculum for high schools. <clears throat> By the way, I was straight out of a bachelor degree uh, with, from uh, you know, sociology and psychology. So I had enough of background and uh, <clears throat> Since we're talking about cross-cultural experiences, two stories. One is with the Australians, and the other is with some uh, people from a small village. But cross-cultural experiences are probably common, you know, in situations. So the first was the Australian uh, people who were running the thing in the education department were so serious, uh, very old-school type of a type of an, of an attitude. But I was in responsible. I was being responsible for this. Uh, this uh, program, uh, the director introduced me at, uh, to in a circle of all of the directors within the education department. They're all men, fairly advanced middle-aged Australians <coughs> who are running various various parts of things. Uh, and this uh, director that, <coughs> that I was working for was, uh, uh, I could tell with everybody gathering there that he was not one of their favorites. Uh, but he um, was describing this project, the curriculum project, and he said, and then he turned to me and uh, said, and Bergen, here, Amarin is uh, the sacrificial lamb in this project. And they all turned their heads <laughs> like a bunch of sheep at me. Totally serious. Nobody, and I just went, meh. <laughs> And, and of course, they had no way of knowing what to do with that. But I thought it was just so hilarious myself. And I, I, sometimes I'm uninhibited when it comes to something that's really serious and yet really funny to me. So, so the um, uh, another experience that I had, I was sent off to uh, to uh, one of the areas to then work with the school that uh, this director sent me off. Go to. Papandetta. I don't know if anybody's been to Papua New Guinea here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it Papua New Guinea? Do you know Papandetta? No. no, no. Anyway, so anyway, I went to this high school where I was supposed to be doing some trial uh, experiences with the, uh, with the with the class, and the school was closed for a holiday. So a couple of students got a hold of me and took me up into the hills to, uh, for to uh, to some villages that are seldom visited by the patrol officers, and uh, we went into one remote village and. Uh, and uh, suddenly, everybody was summoned. Uh, so sat up on the deck, and, um, and the whole village was gathered in front. And, and uh, <coughs> translation, well, why are you here? 
I'm with these students, but what would you, what would you like? Would you like anything? I always wanted to try betel nut. <laughs> so, so, so the first thing they tried, they tried to demonstrate how to, how, to, how to chew betel nut and the order in which you take the lime and the stick and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you've seen it done. But, of course, I did it in reverse order, and everybody just split in wild. Well, what else would you like to see? <clears throat> the last thing I can think of, well, I'd like to see in your fields working. <laughs> in the, in the, so, of course, so it's funny. As I walked out, uh, as we left the village, everybody was out there in the gardens you know, <laughs> working. <in. laughs> I was thinking, oh, God, just a slip of the tongue, and I thought, what have I got done? Probably they never do that. <laughs> Exactly, that's what everybody was up there digging around, looking up, smiling. <laughs> anyway, that was, um, <clears throat> that was a lesson that you have to be careful about what you, uh, uh, what you say. You know, <laughs> so, uh, but that was one of my. And by the way, Bergen was his staff Yeah, so when I returned back to, to, uh, to graduate studies at UBC, my friend Phil was there, and he was the QSO coordinator at that point. So they were recruiting for people in Papua New Guinea, so I organized information sessions for Papua New Guinea, and the following year when Phil took off, I actually <clears throat> worked for QSO for a year as QSO information officer, organizing information nights, recruiting people, and so on. And I think we were on the same uh, recruiting panel where we interviewed the current uh, premier of the province. Oh, you made a mistake there. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> What year was that, Phil? I think it was uh, 70, it was 1977 or 1978. Uh, he was? Well, that's perfect because that fits with the time, yeah, because you recruit and then they get. But as soon as he was elected, I got a call from CDC and they were looking for a church. I don't know how much joke for the smoke was a piece of Oh, hope you didn't